Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So, Trav, I actually have used BetterHelp in the past, and it was a really, really great experience. I loved my therapist. He gave me a lot of great tools that I still use to this day. You know, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Good news is therapy does work. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be, really. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever it is you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapists in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And we've got a special offer for No Filler listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash nofiller. That's betterhelp.com slash nofiller. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. It lives and folds red and steamy. Welcome to No Filler. I'm Travis. And joining me again is Mr. Nathan Forster. How are you doing, sir? Good to see you. I've seen your face twice this month, dude. And and it's never enough. No complaints, you know what I mean? Like I could I could I could get used to this. Yeah, I mean I, I get to see myself every day in the mirror. Um That must be amazing. <laughs> it's not bad. There's no complaints here. <laughs> but here's the thing though. What I don't get to see is what's out that window in front of you. Like you're literally like in the middle of the woods, right? Yeah. Or am I just yeah. making that up? Okay. No, no. If I, if I look out, I can probably uh, 
I can start counting bunny rabbits. Counting bunny rabbits. So you have enough to count. Because, I mean, I get maybe one at a time here in Texas, outside my window at least, in the suburbs. But you have multiple bunny rabbits to count. I mean, that's just something else right there. It is. There's there's so much that actually it's become a become a ritual that every time that we let our dog out, um, I have to bang on the window to let them know that He's there's coming. a dog about to there's a dog about to come out. And I sometimes usually that gets them. They've kind of gotten used to that. Uh, but but then I also have to open the door holding them and yell, "Run, rabbits, run!" uh so so my, i mean you, so, you're giving them plenty of heads up here you're giving him knocks and then you're giving him a verbal warning too yeah well he did catch one one time and it was like the tiniest little baby rabbit he didn't oh, no. for, fortunately uh he just picked it up and i was close enough to uh give him a little kick on the butt uh, yeah. and he dropped it um i mean we we tried to like make amends by giving them vegetables and you know carrots you around the they, they live under our shed um and uh you know we just kind of put the vegetables around there um kind of like you know we're trying to keep the peace here sorry about our dog yeah you've done i feel like you've done all you can do nathan thanks bud i appreciate that okay so today we are talking about the breeders 1990 debut record pod so when we were doing research for our pixies episode and we covered doolittle uh i found out that kim deal who is the bass player and backup singer for Pixies, did this uh, side project called The Breeders, which went on to you know become very well known with their record Last Splash, which came out in '93, I believe. And you know, everybody, I think, if you're around, you know, if you're in our age group or if you've watched any number of you know '90s entertainment that featured the song Cannonball. You mm-hmm. know who the breeders are, right? Because that's a huge song that everybody yeah. knows. Yeah, if if you've ever shopped at a Trader Joe's or uh, exactly. uh, or like or like a cooler grocery store, you've probably heard Cannonball. And yeah, it's just one of those '90s songs. It's like the you know the list of like hundred best '90s songs. I think it's probably on there, right? It's just yeah. one of those songs that everybody knows, right? But anyway, that's the breeders, right? And so I had never really went back and listened to their first record. And same. Boy, am I glad that I did. And that's yeah. what we're going to talk about today, because this record is something else, man. It really blew me away the first time I heard it. So let's talk a little bit before we jump into some tunes here. How did we get from Pixies to the Breeders? Like, what what's the story of, you know, why did Kim want to start this side project, right? From what I can tell, lead singer of Pixies, uh, Frank Black seems like he was kind of a egomaniac kind of dude. Like he was very controlling of the band, and like you know he would go around saying, half jokingly, probably half not joking, that he was like the dictator of the band. You know what I mean? Like he'd be like, "I am the Pixies." Like he would say stuff like that, and which you know, come on, come on, Frank, you don't gotta be that way. Why you gotta be such a dick? You know what I mean? But um she had her own ideas for songs and stuff. She wanted to write her own stuff and they kind of butt heads. And that ultimately led to her wanting to kind of do her own thing. Right. And her and her twin sister, which is kind of cool. 
Oh, I wonder why. I wonder why you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you guys know this, no filler audience, but I'm a twin. Um, You know it because we remind you every week. But now, obviously, my you know, I'm a twin, and uh, I feel like I'm just you know even more connected to the band now, you know, because it's twins making music together. But her and her, her twin sister Kelly Deal used to like make music and stuff and the name that they used to refer to themselves as was the breeders and so that's the origin of the name the breeders right but kelly was not part of the band yet so she did ultimately join but it sounds like she wanted to make some music she wanted to take a break from pixies and so the early earliest formation of this band it was tanya donnelly of throwing muses josephine wiggs of the perfect disaster and Britt walford on drums of the band slint so this was a super group that she had kind of formed to make this music together she was given eleven thousand dollars from the record label 4ad and they recorded this record in 10 days which is pretty impressive i think you hear that in the record right like you could tell like there wasn't much time spent on this record because it has that very like raw kind of feeling to it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's the um, you know when when you send me the album um, and you know I I was in shock that the Breeders had an album before Last Splash. Um, I put it on immediately. I was like, this is definitely Steve Albini for sure. Um, and and I checked it out today. Uh, sure enough, it is. But that's like his his uh, his style is to just like. I think I think they did like two takes per song. Like he has like a two take rule, uh, and the, and the song has to be recorded together uh, as a band. There's no like separate tracks, mm-hmm. so it's like okay, here's like uh, one take and two takes, and if you don't get it on the second take, then uh, there's going to be problems. So he so okay, so that's his style, right? So apparently he's yeah. also known for like his the drum sound that he's able that was, to get. That, that was what uh yeah is that that, what clued you into it at first yeah because it's if you listen to um see like the like surfer rosa and pj harvey rid of me i think is the name of the album uh in utero even though in utero was like um Mm -hmm. i think i think edited differently afterwards but still recorded with albini yeah it's that drum sound which i've always thought is just like one of the one of the best drum sounds it's just so meaty yeah well um to, to that point about in utero, the reason that Cobain wanted Steve Albini was because Cobain found out that Albini produced this record, Pod. Uh-huh. So Cobain was such a fan of this record that he wanted the producer to, to make the album that would follow Nevermind, right? Which is huge. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we've teed it up nicely here. So let's listen to some tunes actually what i wanted to do first because we we do this every once in a while so um sometimes it's fun to listen to a song that a band is most known for before you go back and listen to like the origins oh, yeah. right mm-hmm. so let's listen to cannonball real quick okay all right and so now if you're out there and you're listening and you're like i i don't know who breeders are or maybe a, i think i know what cannonball sounds like well, here it is. Here's that song that everybody knows. For the listeners that uh, were born after 2000, exactly. Uh, here's Cannonball, yeah. and don't exactly. go to cool grocery stores. Right. 
Exactly. This is that band that you hear in that cool grocery store that you sometimes go to. Mm -hmm. This is the song. Here it is. All right, again, so this is Cannonball by the Breeders. There it is, that song that you've heard a majillion times. Um, it just by existing in in pop culture, you know, you have heard that song, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's just one of those songs. It's been used in movies before, TV shows, you name it. It's yeah. even been on a Nissan commercial, apparently. Yeah, what would be would be considered? Um, I guess if you call them a one hit wonder, that would be the one. Yeah, exactly. That's the one that they're most known for. But that's that's the breeders, and um, I think after hearing that song and then hearing the rest of the songs we play today, you're going to be like, uh, "That's the same band, really?" Because it really does. I mean, it's it's two different styles, like completely. I think you know. Yeah, two two different mindsets of recording. Yeah, I mean, and you know, the 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 band did change members. Um, between the two records so i mean it literally is different musicians too i mean not mm -hmm. obviously there are some crossovers but i mean uh kelly her twin sister had joined by that point so she was the guitar player uh they had a different drummer looks like the bass player was the same um but yeah so it's you know a different makeup but anyway um yeah they probably had more than 10 days to record this record right and that's <laughs> probably why it sounds you know not uh -huh. the same right not not as uh like raw and um like just and that's what i like about pod so let's play the first song from pod because now you have all the information you need so let's play um okay so i'm gonna play the second track off the record this song is called doe
that was it. That was the whole song. Cool. Um, dude, I love the drum sound in that. It's so yeah. good. He's just, uh, he's notorious for that drum sound. I think he puts like microphones on the side of the wall uh, so that it catches, it like immediately okay. catches that echo. But it's in like in like a na- okay. like more of like a natural kind of drum sound. Nice. But I I read that they recorded this in Edinburgh, which wasn't Albini's studio in Chicago. Um, so apparently he can do this mm. wherever he wants. <laughs> so he can take that, you know, those skills, you know, can yeah. travel. Um, what I thought, you know, something I thought that was interesting is that like on the Pixies, Kim is the bass player with the breeders she plays guitar i you know i just you know she's a multi-instrumentalist like she can do a bunch of different things i just thought it was interesting that she gave the bass duties to somebody else you know because i love that bass line in this track josephine wiggs i'm gonna i'm gonna shout out that name again so again she was from uh the perfect disaster when she played bass on this record so she was you know actively a member in another band um, and now I feel like I'm gonna have to go check them out because I like that bass. Yeah. So, uh, so it's like, uh, it's Taylor Hawkins, like, uh, joining Foo Fighters and there's an established drummer in the band, uh, who is yeah. like known for being an amazing drummer. Being one of the best drummers of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And Kim Deal being known for being an amazing bass player. I would assume there's a little, little pressure there. You gotta have, you gotta have your chops up. Yeah, especially because, I mean, you know, they had another drummer before Taylor joined. And I want to say that on um, Color and the Shape, Dave went back and like re-recorded all the drums because he wasn't happy enough with, I mean, can you talk about a slap in the face if you're the drummer? <laughs> you're like, I mean, yeah. you know, if I was that drummer, I'd be like, I mean, you're right. Obviously, you could do way better, but you don't got to re-record everything, man. You know, I would feel like if I was the drummer, I would be like, you know what? This is <laughs> this is Dave Grohl we're talking about. Yeah. Go ahead. You know what? You go ahead. Uh, you give me a little credit. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Just give me a mention in the lighter notes and, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't be, that. I wouldn't be about heard about it, but <laughs> yeah. I guess they, they did actually have uh, quite a conflict with that. Uh, so I heard. Yeah. You know, I've watched some documentaries about the band, so I know what I'm talking <laughs> about here. But have you read the book? I haven't read the book. <laughs> I don't you? know if there's any books. No, no there I probably don't, is. I, I'm sure there are. I mean, I know he wrote, he's got like autobiographies and shit. He wrote some book about it, like with his mom, I think. Really? Yeah. There's a book that, like, either his mom wrote it or he wrote it with his mom or something like that. But it's basically about, like, why you should let your, your kid drop out of school, like, be a rock star or whatever. Cause that's, you know, wow. His mom yeah. let, let him, um, you know, drop out of school, like, before he even graduated high school to go pursue rock and obviously that was one of the best decisions ever made for humanity in general i think i mean easy for her to say her son was dave grohl yeah Um, right not everybody's son is dave grohl mrs grohl okay you know if 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 that reaches one person that ends up being like another amazing drummer then sure but for the for the other million people that read (laughs) the book and drop out of school that (laughs) probably shouldn't be doing that i'm not sure that's a great message yeah not it's not gonna be it's not gonna end as well for you as it did for her yeah Um, anyway well how do we get here back to the breeders back to the breeders yeah so yeah anyway yeah yeah it probably was um you know in that audition room where uh the bass player is like, okay, I'm going to try out for the bass player for the breeders. I'm going to have to play in front of Kim Deal here. Yeah, probably yeah. some pressure. But apparently she was already a well-established bass player for the perfect disaster. Do you think that uh, she commonly said, look, it's no big deal? 
<laughs> I'm going to be disappointed if they didn't make that joke in the studio, yeah. like over and over again. Yeah, because I would if, if I was if I had. Well, your last your last name is your last name is Self. I mean, there's a lot you can. That's true. That too. Uh, you know what? I've heard it all. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, people used to say like Travis Self plays with himself. You know, I, heard, I used to hear that one. Oh, that's in the that's weird. You know. <laughs> And you're like, it's true. You're like, I mean, how did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's right around middle school. <laughs> yeah. <is> the perfect, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, things just started coming together. I don't know what's tight. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, vastly different sound than Cannonball, right? That song in particular. Yeah. Totally different sound. But um, this is 1990 when this record came out. Like, never mind. It hadn't even happened yet, which is interesting. Which, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, especially like, uh, I mean, like when Surfer Rosa came out, I mean, I, I don't remember that, uh, obviously, but um, yeah, but uh, I would have been a really cool kid uh, if I remember that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's crazy to think of these albums that, you know, kind of set the stage for yeah. Nirvana. Because I mean, um, when Nirvana came out with the first album in 1989, I mean, it's, it's good for what it was at the time right. um you know uh the songs were great and stuff but it was just like a different obviously they they changed gears pretty drastically in a couple years yeah um yeah and i mean surfer rosa came out in 88 doolittle came out in 89 so yeah you're talking about like the stepping stones to grunge or whatever i feel like this record yeah. has some of those some of those like trademarks of of grunge um i feel like the, the bass yeah. the bass to me sounds Sounds grungy. It sounds kind of Alice and Chainsy a little bit, mm. but yeah, like you can hear how like we very quickly like the grunge, like Nirvana and the grunge, never mind, basically happens, and all the grunge, the great grunge records are like right around the corner. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I was looking at that timeline because if uh, Last Splash came out in 1993, um, so they kind of it's weird how the breeders kind of like missed. That I mean, like yeah. one year before, if 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 that album had come out in 1992, they probably would have been like a part of. I mean, they they are still a part of the whole thing, but it was mm-hmm. like just like a, a tad late because uh, there were so many bands that came out in 1992 and 91. Yeah, um, and then afterwards, it was like okay, like every, I think everybody was like listening to it, like uh, referential to to the past two years of what had like just yeah you know, transpired. Totally. So they, I'm assuming last splash probably got, um, you know, some like, uh, they're kind of like, Oh, well, yeah, this is good, but, uh, it may not be, you know, this isn't never mind or this is, oh, uh, you, know, you know, like, I feel like it must've been tough being in a rock band. Yeah. Like you said, putting out a record in 93, it's like what had just transpired, you know, like you were saying. It's yeah. Like, it, I think it got lost, lost in the mix. I mean, it's, yeah. like, it's an amazing, amazing album. Uh, right. But it's, yeah, it's kind of like putting out a record, you know, the same year that, uh, the white album came out or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You might as well just be like, let's just throw on the towel here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know nothing else that came out in 67 or whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know that. What was that group? The zombies. Like they were yeah, like yeah. on this trajectory and then the Beatle mania hit. And then right. they just, you know, packed it up basically. Yeah. But uh, anyway. All right. So let's play our next tune here. And we're going to jump down to the, the, 
the last half of the record, the rest of these songs are going to be coming from, um, yeah, basically the end of the record. So in between Doe, the first song we played, and this song that we're about to play, uh, we just just to mention it, because we're talking about the Beatles, they did put out that cover on this record of Happiness is a Warm Gun, which is really interesting. And they do a good job with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. on Spotify, by if we go by play counts at least, the Happiness is a Warm Gun cover has the most plays on this record, uh, which yeah. is interesting. Probably just because you know, it's a Beatles cover, right? Yeah, like people just searching for that song and then uh, yeah, pull exactly. up that. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's jump down to track eight, and we're going to play a song called Iris. Where do we start on this track, man? Because I think her vocals is what like delivers the sucker punch, you know what I mean? Um, and there's this interesting little like guitar breakdown thing that happened in between the the, the first chorus and the verse two that kind of seemed like this sort of like something like like something that would happen just organically like during a jam session or something like that. And yeah, hearing you talk about the way that Steve, you know, had bands record like I could have very well been that you know what i mean yeah i, th- I think it's like um 
something not- notable about that is that uh, you don't really hear that like kind of dead space very much. I mean, uh, nowadays, like uh, yeah, pe- people people aren't really like as patient. I would say, or at least like in the popular music, I feel like as yeah. like as things have like changed, it's like become more of like this, like we got to keep your attention. We got to keep your attention or, or, yeah. you know, you're going to switch it to something else. Totally. Uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to bump the jukebox <laughs> and uh, try to get to the next song. Right. <laughs> Most people listening right now are like, Juke, what? <laughs> what, what, yeah. what are they talking about? <laughs> jukebox. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, like that's so true that like, sometimes you got to let the song breathe a little bit. You know what I mean? Or like that dead space right there is like, what to me, what makes the song, the song is that the choice to keep that kind of stuff in there. And then her vocal delivery, man, the way that she screams, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very like, yeah, there's a lot of emotion and like raw rawness in her delivery. And like knowing that she was kind of, you know, with pixies, like she wanted to write her own songs and like, black uh frank black didn't didn't really let her this is going backwards a little bit but like apparently the tension between them like hit like a, a high point like toward the end of basically after Doolittle, and like francis is throwing his guitar at her on stage and stuff and she oh. apparently <laughs> like almost refused to play a concert uh this one time and like that's what led them to basically in this interview the um I don't remember this guy, which one he is, what his uh, role is. Uh, I could, I could look it up, but I mean, that would take too many clicks here. Uh, Santiago. Okay. So Santiago was the guitar player. So Joey Santiago in an interview um, said that basically like Kim Deal was uh, very like adamant about wanting to include her own songs. And Francis was basically like, you know, hard line, like, no, like I'm the, I'm the, I'm the front man of this, you know, band. And like, you know, it's my songs or the highway kind of thing. Right. So I feel like you are hearing some of that energy and like pent up, like, you know, creativity and stuff like in this record, you know, like this is her, like getting to do her own thing, you know? Yeah. I feel like it comes across for real. Like you hear that emotion, especially in this song, um, which is kind of cool to think about. Like, if you think about it that way, like this is a songwriter who wasn't able to explore her own ideas and stuff like with the band that she was in. Right. So she's like, fine, I'm going to go fucking in 10 days and you just see what I can do in 10 days. You know, I got yeah. a twin sister yeah. with me. It's going to be dope. <laughs> um, but no, the twin didn't, didn't join until later. But anyway, I think you get the point <laughs> I'm trying to make, um, but yeah, you can hear that. You know what I mean? I feel like you can hear that. Yeah, and and I'm I'm really glad that he was kind of an asshole because uh, yeah. maybe she she wouldn't have done this uh, right. breeders thing exactly. Um, I mean he's he's a talented guy, but it's it's no excuse for uh, that kind of behavior, which yeah. is also a little misogynistic. You know, it's a little like you hey. know why why the why the female in the group mm. uh, now we're why, now why we're do getting, that now we're getting to the yeah. bottom of it here, dude. Because that is an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I think Pixies like they're one of those bands. He knows bands where you hear like a, another singer uh, in the band that's kind of doing the backups, especially if it's a female singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just kind of here and there, but you want more of it. Like I feel like they were that. Yeah, you like, wanted you want, more. You, of... you want you wanted more Kim Deal. More Kim, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. She's like, you want more? I'll give you more. Yeah. Here comes the breeders. <laughs> here comes here comes <laughs> yeah. the bi- here comes the big deal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's about <laughs> to be a real big deal around here. <laughs> uh, yeah. I oh, hope that's boy. how it went down. <laughs> I hope that's what she said to Frank when she was like walking out the door. Like, uh, I'm, I'm about to become a real big deal, Frank. So yeah. Uh, okay. Talking about indie bands, maybe for a little bit, because you know we were talking about grunge and stuff. Mm-hmm. Spoon sounded a lot had this same kind of energy like in their early stuff. I don't know if you've listened to some of Spoon's yeah. early early Absolutely. stuff, like um, yeah, ever. series of um, snakes. Yes. Okay, that had a lot of the same, and you know, I think series of snakes came out in like ninety two, maybe ninety eight. Okay, All right. well it was around the corner. Anyway, like you know, not just grunge, right? I feel like this was kind of the kind of a, a hint of, of like, you know, this, this was an indie band. Like the breeders was considered an indie rock band. They weren't considered a grunge band, but like, you know, this was sort of, you know, a precursor to the grunge stuff that was around the corner and, you know, kind of the two thousands era indie bands that we, you know, we all know and love the garage rock bands and stuff like that. You can kind of point back to the sound maybe a little bit. If you really want, if you squinted, you know, you could kind of, you could draw a line, yeah, totally. I think. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, the Strokes did a perfect, um, like, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff in between the Strokes and the original grunge sound, especially like the yeah. the uh, the raw grunge sound like this, uh, and stuff that Pixies did, and Sonic Youth. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it took a while, but I definitely think there's, uh, you know, yeah, you that, kinda... that transition, it should have been like the Strokes came in 1995. Yeah. Instead of Bush, instead of Bush trying to trying yeah. to do grunge. Yeah, we don't need Bush. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like we're just uh, like for some reason we we always end up yeah. shitting on Bush for yeah. some reason. Every 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 time I'm on here, can we just uh, <laughs> reference Bush and just shit yeah. on them for a little? Just bit? Just for no reason. Um, but you know what? It's because of what he did to Gwen. That's why. Yeah, you're right. Was he an asshole to Gwen? It probably was. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Well, now she's with, what's his name? Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. Okay. I thought it was Urban. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know my country music stars. Okay. Oh, you you don't you don't love uh, This Is God's Country? I'm glad I don't know what that is. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not planning on covering that on the podcast? Uh, not, not in the foreseeable future. Um, maybe when we run out of grunge records to cover. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gem. Is it? No, it is not. Okay, <laughs> I can't tell you're hey, I mean, I know there's good country music out there. I just, I haven't found it yet. You know. No, yeah. Um, I would say it, it. It ended like in 1980. Yeah, I probably would agree with you on that. Okay, so let's play the next track here, and I think this track was interesting because it has kind of like like spoken word kind of vocal delivery, which reminds me of another Kim. Uh, speaking of Sonic Youth. Reminds oh, yeah. me of Kim Gordon a little bit and the way that she used to do the vocal tracks. So here we go. This song is the very next track on the record. This song is called Opened.
Jackie. Maybe she, maybe she's referring to herself as the robin that flies again. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> now I don't know where the source is for this, but according to Genius.com, which people like annotate, it's like open source annotation of lyrics and shit. Somebody says that a recurring sexual dream of the band's drummer is said to have inspired the lyrics of this song. Now I don't oh. know what their source is because unfortunately they're not giving a source, but. Yeah, you know, it could um, be who knows. You know, there's a lot of things we could try to interpret out of this song. But, I'm, uh, I mean, I'd love to know the details on that one. Me too. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> do <you> tell. <laughs> J Jk, I think that's uh, probably a good job on them for not uh, for not, 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 unra not not unraveling <laughs> too much on that. Yeah, because I mean, if we read the lyrics, um, this is one hell of a dream. <laughs> He's like walking on these highways. We leave the land and float inside the dark black water. Are we sure this is a sexual dream? I mean, that's what they're saying. Okay. Huh. You know what? People are into some weird stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever floats <laughs> his boat. <laughs> but yeah, Robin flies again. You know, it just makes me feel, you know, maybe like, to me, it seems like the perspective of some like prostitute or something who's like trying to escape her situation. Hey man, I'm just, I'm just yeah, I'm looking my, at the lyrics I like that. and they're jumping out of me, but could also be some weird sex fantasy that this guy's having. I don't know. We're led to believe that this is Britt Walford's uh, sexual fantasies here, <laughs> whatever the lyrics are of the song. Well, it was my favorite song on this album. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about how amazing this song is beyond the lyrics, because what's not to like about it, right? I mean, it's such a dope song. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I love it whenever uh, that that, you know, it's like, subtle it's there's a lot of dynamics throughout the song yeah but like whenever that second guitar comes in or maybe it's just kicking on the distortion pedal yeah uh and just like here we go it's and just it, three yeah. chords it holds like the sustain or whatever yeah um, the but what's yeah yeah uh, i think so see this is good i have another guitar player here to help me out because <laughs> i'll say stuff like that to, to you know around quentin and he's like oh maybe because <laughs> you know quentin, quentin is a drummer Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I think he actually plays his kit more than I play my guitar. My guitar just sits on my wall. Uh, just, it's, yeah. it's decoration at this point, you know. Same hey, at least yours is within arm's reach, though, you know. it's Well, that's what makes it even sadder. It's, the, oh, it's no. right here. And it's actually my dream guitar. It's the one I've always wanted. I finally got it. And, uh, is that a yeah, double like... fat telly? Is that the term? <laughs> <laughs> Look it at them now. humbuckers. <laughs> uh that's a telly right yeah yeah okay. yeah it's a it's a it's a deluxe um i've always yeah, wanted a telly yeah. too man that's my that's my dream guitar too um yeah the one with the f hole i've always liked the telly with the f hole you know oh yeah yeah like a like a semi hollow body yeah and i think it's like one humbucker one you know the, the lipstick uh pickup or whatever i think that's what they call yeah. it like that. 
cylinder looking yeah, yeah. thing. Anyway, let's go back to Spoon because this song reminded me of, speaking of Series of Sneaks, this song reminded me of track two on Series of Sneaks, The Minor Tough, which is my favorite Spoon song oh, of all yeah. time, true fact. That's a, that's a uh, great song. Yeah, yeah and uh, it had a lot of the same vibes of this song uh, opened. So um, I like that this song is, it's just darker in general than the rest of the record. Mm-hmm. Like it's got this like grittier kind of vibe to it lyrically too, as we're, as we're reading here. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, this, I, I agree with you. This is, this is my favorite track on the record as well. Um, it just stands out and yeah, everything about it, man. Like I said, I, I can't think of one thing negative to say about it. Yeah. It really shows the power of just three chords, very simple chords too i mean and it's in four four time but what's also cool about it is is the way that they transition it's like the second verse mm-hmm. um so they they just kind of give you a little hint of like this this we're, we're, we're rocking here but just for a second it's kind of like a uh, a promise to the listener that you're gonna hear is we're gonna rock out with this a lot more later on so just wait yeah they're giving you a little yeah. tease yeah. Yeah. let me let me give the full kurt cobain quote because uh, one of the things about this record that it's known for is that it was one of Cobain's favorite records of all time. But here is the, his quote, his official quote on this band. He said, the main reason I like the Breeders is for their songs, for the way they structure them, which is totally unique, very atmospheric. And then he says, I wish Kim was allowed to write more songs for the Pixies. Mm-hmm. Dang. Wow. Dang. How do you feel about that, Francis? <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you hear what Kurt just said? <laughs> um, but anyway, that what more do you need to know, really? I mean, if this, this is one of Kurt Cobain's favorite records, you know? Enough said, Enough said right? Yeah, especially it, it being a precursor to them exploding, you know? It's yeah. a very, very direct, yeah. you know, because whenever you are recording yeah. things, uh, you listen to what you're, you know, it's like what's around at the time. Generally, like, things influence you. Yeah of what's going on like currently. So I would assume that this album he was uh, jamming out to quite a bit. Yeah. Which is really, really interesting to think about. Right. Cause like if this, if this record in some way influenced Kurt as he was writing, yeah. never mind. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> All right. One more track. And this song is called Limehouse.
Is that it? That was it. It's over. No fade out necessary for that one. <laughs> oh man, a minute and 45 seconds. So yeah, so that's a quick one. So um, yeah, I love the way the drums uh, sort of led us into that second chorus and it was just like, you know, all out headbanger, right? Um, but man, simple song, but like that, that, you know, that's what I like about this record. It's just so simple and like just straightforward with like, the delivery and everything, you know, it's just like, it's right there. You know what I mean? It's just in your face. Yeah. Like you, you, you wouldn't like, if you're coming up with stuff on guitar and you're just like, bah, 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 nah, 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 nah. I mean, that's a throw, that's a throwaway. Like you're just like, you're just like getting <laughs> right. warmed up, but they're like, no, let's yeah. just do a song. It's like, uh, it doesn't like have any kind of, doesn't draw any emotion. It's just a simple, simple riff. Uh, riff like you said, yeah. yeah straightforward something i um uh when we're talking about albini um what i think is cool about well i i i don't think that it's intentional because i don't think he would ever go for an atmosphere you know like i don't like i wouldn't Mm. i haven't read enough interviews or anything but i would i would assume that he's not going for like a vibe um i think that he's going for a sound is what he would call it but it's such it's such yeah. a vibe in itself right like that that song speaks to that where it's just like the simple thing but it's like you know there's no like crazy part that you're like oh wow how do they do that yeah but it's just like in, enjoyable enjoyable to listen to yeah there's nothing uh to figure out you know what i mean about the song it's just like it is what it is just very yeah, straightforward you're, you're, lyrics are really fun yeah you're, you're not like oh i need to look this up <laughs> on uh guitar tabs to figure this one out yeah, no, I could probably. <laughs> yeah, I haven't touched my guitar in years, and I could probably figure it yeah. out in about like thirty yeah. seconds. I could probably get that yeah. riff going on. Um, but yeah, it's still an effective ass yeah. song. Like there are bands that spend their entire existence, and they still don't write a song this mm-hmm. good. And it's such a simple song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, her her vocals, man. Uh, to me, I think that's what does it for me. Is just her vocal delivery on this record is just so good. Yeah. It's just so like raw and like in your face, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just a fucking killer record. And we only played four tracks, you know, there's eight other tracks on this record. So yeah, go listen to it. If we haven't given you enough reason to listen to it, then what do you, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> uh, Kim Deal is just one of those people that like, I wish she would have been uh, more prominent throughout I guess the breeders got burned out. That's what I read, but I wish they would have stuck with it. Cause I think their next album was like in 2000 or 2002, something like that. Yeah, they definitely, they, yeah, they had, they had some sort of a resurgence and I think, I think they've like sprinkled, like there's been releases like throughout, but oh, yeah. like, yeah, I think there was a long hiatus, like you said, like between like the nineties and when their yeah. next record came out. But you know, I think they, they tore it up. She went back to Pixies at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. From what I can, from what I understand. But um, yeah, like speaking of like, you know, I think everybody knows Cannonball, like we were saying that one song, but Kim Deal should be um, maybe more well known, right? I think a lot of people know Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth, but um, even her, she still is not as well known as the Kurt Cobains and the uh, Lane Staley's and the Eddie Vedder's of, of the, of, of the nineties rock pantheon of of rock stars or whatever but you know that's probably just some you know we could talk about misogyny and rock if we wanted to you know do a whole oh yeah let's do an episode on that (laughs) 
Yeah, let's let's get in trouble by saying something dumb. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Two, yeah, yeah. We should try to have a, a female guest on that episode. But anyway. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, no, nobody loves hearing about a, a misogyny talked by uh, more than two, two guys. Uh, by a couple of white dudes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's something to be said probably about that. You know? Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just saying that probably is something to be said about it. You know, I think there is. It was it was the '90s. It was it was still uh, you know that stuff was rampant. It was man. I was watching this documentary. Uh, you can watch it on Netflix. It was talking about what the the 1990 whatever Woodstock the, the Woodstock that happened in the '90s. Yeah. Um. Holy shit. The testosterone that was just like. It must have been just like a cloud, yeah. a thick cloud of testosterone that you could just like cut a fucking, you know, butter knife or whatever. But man, yeah, yeah. It's something about the 90s. And I feel like grunge Created. is very, yeah, like it's very, there's yeah. a lot of testosterone around grunge, the imagery, yeah. the lyrics, the sound. So like, yeah, so, you know, you got the breeders putting out their debut record in 90 and then the grunge mm-hmm. shit happened, shit. I love grunge. I would never yeah. call it shit, but the grunge sure. thing happened. And then, yeah, like you said, you know, I mean, they put it, then they put out cannonball, but I'm just saying like that sound and maybe why Kim isn't more well known. Um, maybe because of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, every good thing um, comes with a bad thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, like when you, it's typically how trends work right i mean it gets like something's like happens and it's like good it's fresh and then the masses get behind it people who don't quite understand it uh which i would say i would say would be like (laughs) you know like this this the band's like stained you know like they they probably thought that they were like an extension of this uh but really they were just ruining music for a while or uh, what was another ruining one? Fing- the airwaves? Finger Eleven wasn't that a band? Oh yeah, but you know, fortunately, you got bands like Evanescence that came around. You know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> to really, to really save the day for women. Fortunately, uh, you know. yeah, <laughs> you're right. That was yeah. You go from Kim Deal to whatever her name was um, from Evanescence, and there's probably listeners out there yeah. like I love Evanescence and Corn. Yeah. Um, corn, corn is great for for what corn is. I, you know, I'm not going to try to bash on corn, but I will bash on Papa Roach all day long. I ain't got no problem. With that. <laughs> or Hoobastank, you know, or Hoobastank, yeah, Alien yeah. Ant Farm. There's a bunch of them, man, and they were all over MTV at the time. I remember the videos. It was huge. Yeah, it was like, but in the midst of it, you know, there's bands like I'm going to say it, Radiohead. They're still still doing their thing, and hey, there's. Yeah, uh, right. Coldplay was cool for a little bit during that time. Parachutes um, is a great record. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the next one was really good too. Um, yeah, and, and and that's that. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's <laughs> that basically that was it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was parachutes, and then it was Rush of Blood Ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know you know this by by heart. Uh, and then what was the next? What was it? X and Y, which which did okay. have some good songs. Okay, yeah, that's what X I remember. And, X, X and Y is yeah. when they changed. They, they started to change, right? Pretty, pretty. Yeah. And yeah, there were yeah. great songs on that record, you're right? But then after that, it was like, eh, well, okay. Yeah, I I remember the moment because I was I was a pretty big Coldplay fan at the time. I remember. Um, and uh, and I remember listening to X and Y, and the song "What If" was track two. 
like square one was track one on x and y and i was like yeah. okay cool this is like a cool like uh you know this is where they're headed great and then what if happened and my my dreams were just shattered um <laughs> uh, like i i totally wanted them to go the radiohead route and clearly they did not uh decide to go that route no they did not and i can't <laughs> even think of what what if sounds like but i remember that record i remember square one white shadows was interesting yeah. speed of sound was interesting those are the those are the singles too right fiction yeah. was a big one one billion plays on spotify Oh yeah. Talk was good, but then he like has, you know, he started sprinkling in like, it was like an indication of like, no, we're, we're about to suck. Just just to let you know. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, He was, he was, he was like, you know, singing, singing stuff like, Oh brother, uh, I can't believe it's true. You know, once you start addressing (laughs) someone as like, Oh brother, like, eh, you you know, it's not going to be good. You know, they're not. It's almost like he was, he was giving, the true fans like an out you know what i mean like eh, this is your record to get get off because it's about to get bumpy you know what i mean yeah there's a few <laughs> yeah. a few good tracks but we're gonna give you like a hint of what's happening next <laughs> yeah and i appreciate the heads up yeah thanks chris martin <laughs> um all right well that was it man we're done we did it oh, we cool. talked about four yeah. songs yeah and we gave the, re- the the listeners a reason to go check out the rest of this record and that's the goal. That's the only yeah. goal yeah. is to to convince you to listen to this record. Yeah, and I think we pulled it off. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to have you on again. Obviously, I like I said, anytime. Like uh, I would love to do it. As always, you can find us on Instagram. Just search for No Filler Podcast, and we'll pop right up. Uh, that's the one place where we actually will, you know respond to people so please send us a message on instagram uh tell us what bands you want us to cover what songs you're listening to right now and we might even reference you on the show um you know typically we do that at the end of our what you heard episodes we'll play a a listener's suggested tune if, if we get one so hit us up on instagram and as always you can find us on the pantheon podcast network it's pantheonpodcast.com uh, home of many great music related podcasts that's not the official tagline but here we are you know what i mean it's what i say every week hopefully it's true <laughs> anyway pantheonpodcast.com and yeah that's it i don't know what the hell i'm going to talk about next week we'll find out we will find out people and if in a pinch i might be calling nathan back up and i'll be there there you go you heard it here nathan will be there you know what's that song um i'll be there you know whenever you call me oh i'll I'll be be there there. yeah turns out that song was about nathan (laughs) it was about nathan being on no filler uh but seriously i have no clue who i'm talking to next week or what i'm talking about so we'll find out next week we'll all find out together could be nathan could be somebody else might even be quentin he's telling me that he's his his free time is, is is coming back so We'll no, he's surprise. he's out. He's 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 just getting jealous. He's like I he's like he no. Is. He's like no. This this podcast is taking off too fast. Uh, with I'm Nathan telling you, on. Dude, <laughs> he's gonna listen to this episode and be like, "Shit, I gotta get back." Nathan's stealing my spot. You know, <laughs> the fans are gonna be like, "Quentin, who? We want uh, more Nathan." Yeah. That's what they're gonna yeah. say. <laughs> no, but we should have yeah, right. we should have uh, 
we should have you join you know the three of us can chat about tunes i I, mean? I, I would love that yeah, uh, yeah. literally anytime uh it's my word uh i i love doing this so uh please right. I, i'm begging you please i know you're talking me up and stuff but please man please please give me back you're gonna be like you're like you know, sitting there like looking at your phone like staring at it like waiting for it to to ding with like a text message uh, from me yeah like why yeah. it's been three days why hasn't he texted me yet for, first thing in the morning that's why i check yeah and then i'll <laughs> after after a couple of weeks i'll be like hey man how are you doing like uh are things uh like hey man i was just i mean just thinking, i was you know, i was like, out i was ask how your cat's doing how sloan's doing <laughs> you'll just be like you know what man i don't know this is random but Maybe you could have me on the show again. I don't know. Just a thought. <laughs> Just a thought. Just a it's up to you. Thought. No pressure. Yeah. I mean, I'm free. <laughs> but no, seriously, we, we will likely have you on again <laughs> within the next few weeks. So look forward to that, everybody, everybody out there. In the meantime, like I said, go find us on Instagram. Until next time, I will talk to you guys later. Again, my name is Travis. And I'm Nathan Forster. And that's Nathan Forster. See y'all later. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 